Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show. internet friends and welcome back to another episode of go ask alice the show we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you wonderful factoids from our adventures in wiki wonderland i'm drew and i'm wearing big boy pants today look at me i'm a big boy with me is i'm Lindsay, and i thought my house was haunted but it turned out to be a scented candle <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh i need to hear that Good. story uh and i'm sarah and i accidentally bought a smut book and it's good oh <laughs> Oh, the blurb did not do justice oh, about no. what was going to happen inside. <laughs> I just imagine Sarah going, oh, 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 uh, oh. oh. it is romance. That's nasty. <laughs> this is the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes every week. We all start on the same wiki page. We wander around the internet using hyperlinks within the article until we land on something we cannot stop reading. Typically, this means that we have read two or more paragraphs. We consider ourselves metrically hooked, and we are beholden to share it with each other and with all of you. This week, we started on diode, which is an electro engineering magnetic thing object. Yeah. Um, despite having a degree in it, I don't give a shit. Uh, this is an educational <laughs> podcast. Everyone, welcome to the learning. Um, where did we all end up on cooler things? <laughs> well, I I ended up on something called Crime Light or ALS for short. Ooh, it sounds super cool. It's not cool. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll be the judge. Okay, we'll be the. You'll yeah, be the judge exactly. of that. That's true. That's true. Sounds very cool. Where did you okay, end up, so Sarah? I- I ended up on a person called John Romulus Brinkley, uh, also known as one of the first um, great American quacks. (gasps) Oh, Oh, I can't wait. Sarah texted us all before the show, like a week in advance and was like, my topic is shocking. Legitimately (laughs) shocking. Like I could like, as per the rules, did not stop reading. Because as I started reading, it said goat gland transplant. And I was like, the fuck? <gasps> and had to keep reading. Holy and shit. It, is, I like that. it is wild. I like that. It is wild. <laughs> but we'll wait. Where did you end up with? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I am going to teach you all about Simlish. Simlish? Oh, okay. I, what is that? Simlish. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I will okay. reveal all. <laughs> Okay. Well, before we dive in, oh, we man. and this week's question of the week was, "What was the last thing you threw out?" I'm gonna go to Lindsay because you are moving soon, so I'm sure you've thrown out so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep finding cat hair tumbleweeds around the house, so it's been just a lot of like, <laughs> "How is there so much?" <laughs> <laughs> Picking up pieces of baby garbage. Uh, we do have some listener submissions, but before I get to those, what do you? What are your entries? What are ours? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know, when you asked the question, yeah, you, you got my answer, and you're you're not gonna like it. I know. <laughs> so at the time when this question was asked, I was still working in a theater, and in theater we use. Um, 
bad condoms as sweat protectors for microphones. Can, oh, yeah, and so yeah, I yeah, a box wait, of sweat protectors. Wait. What? You Can you define the bad condoms, please? <laughs> yeah, over the microphone, like over the, the microphone packs, we like wrap them in condoms. Oh, and put it like the, bad the pack that goes they're... in the back of your back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes I was like, if someone's walking around with a condom on a microphone while like singing, no, I'm no, like, God, I've no. never seen that. Battery packs. Okay. No, no. It's it's the microphone <laughs> okay. pack itself. Um, So it's, it's one, they're unlubricated. Two, they're poorly produced because they're, they're terrible condoms. Like they break all the fucking time. They're terrible. And so they- Are you going to like drop a brand name here to warn out? Well, <laughs> they're, they're literally called sweat protectors. Oh. Like for that reason, because they're bad condoms. Like they're they're like yeah. But Sarah's saying, do you want to like drop a brand name? The sweat protectors is a brand name. No. What? Yeah. Is it specifically for theater? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wait, but it, but like on the, the big box, box says sweat protectors. No. It says sweat protectors. No. Do you think anyone's ever accidentally? <laughs> like, you want me to find an image of it? Like I can. I... So what does like? What Trojan just goes through and is like, oh, that that's not a good one. Stuck it, like, chuck it in the sweat protector pile. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they probably did. Oh, my God. Like, oh, that's a poorly manufactured one. Dear Lord. This, is, are... this has gotten way off topic. What about you, Sarah? Oh this is so funny. So you threw one of them out, Drew? I threw a box out, yeah. Okay. Because it was empty. Okay. Clarity. Uh, what did I throw out? Probably my smoothie cup from yesterday because I've been having jaw issues where I've been like living on a liquid diet and so I've been living on like Aww. banana banana mango honey, honey smoothies and I threw a cup out this morning actually sorry about your jaw issues Sarah that's okay it's because <laughs> I'm a I'm a grinder in my sleep uh oh so we have some listener submissions that are also very food related um, okay. it seems like everyone throws out food products <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Geist threw out an empty combos bag, and I meant to follow through on what flavor of combos flavor, it yeah. was, but then I got distracted. Um, um, go what's a shocks. Oh, combos are like these American snacks that <laughs> there's no not disgusting way to describe them. It's like a hard cracker around a really soft interior that normally has a very savory flavor. So it'll be like mushy cheese or like... Mushy oh. cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you buy them in the aisle cheese. or are they in like the pantry aisle? They're, yeah, you like get them at like the airport or truck stops or snack aisle. Right. <laughs> they're like, they're really um, addicting I'm trying to remember oh other combos flavors, but I think I think they aren't there some like meaty flavors too. Oh, or am oh I yeah, there's like cheese up? pizza. There's oh like all my kinds god! Of okay, well next time I'm in the US, I have to try them. They sound disgusting. I thought you were going to say <laughs> it's like the bag of chips you can get, which I've had in the US, where it's like random. Like there's Cheetos, there's Doritos, there's like burger rings, like all of it chucked into one bag. Which I think yeah. is messed up. And anyone who enjoys that, I question your mental stability. With love. I love those. <laughs> oh <my laughs> no, because the texture, this could also be my um, my special part of me coming out. The textures are different. So like every time you take a bite, it's different. And that annoys me. 
Mm-hmm. That annoy- See, that's Which what I keeps think- me awake on a long car ride is that I never know what I'm going to get next. So I just, <laughs> oh you just stick your hand in. Oh. I take it back. I love you very much and I don't judge your mental stability. It's fine. <laughs> it's not stable. <laughs> it's okay. But I refuse to eat them. They freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> I respect your differences. Thank you. Go Shocks Only Fly, I think is how to say their username, on our Discord, it said an empty pastry bag, which makes sense. Yeah. And Cake Mastermind threw out eggshells because they were having breakfast for dinner. Oh, yeah. I love breakfast for dinner. It is the best. Amazing. Robin said something on Instagram, and I forget what it is. So, you know, Robin, you've had, you've had enough. <laughs> you're, you're cut off. <laughs> I'm going to make up what Robin... Robin said incriminating evidence. Moving on. What <laughs> order should we go in? Uh, I'm dying to tell you about John Romulus. Okay. Um, I will take that into consideration. Thank you. Uh, I already forgot Drew's topic. This is off to Crime light, start. baby. Crime, crime light. light. Sarah, does your person commit crimes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so many <laughs> crimes. Okay, so why don't we do Sarah Drew me? Okay. That works for me. Perfect. Okay. Regala, Sarah. I'm so fucking exciting. Regala, okay, yes. Okay, okay. So my topic this week is John Romulus Brinkley. Uh, also, one sentence explainer, if you ever needed to like give the, an elevator pitch of who he is, he is an American quack. The line that got me is that he was the pioneer of goat gland transplant for testicles and ovaries. Oh, good. Oh. I always wanted to meet my hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I read this in like the first paragraph and I was like, what? Like, that's not a thing. That, uh-uh. Right? That's not a, this is why he's a quack, right? And I was blown away because there are so many other bad things that this man did. That <gasps> How does it make get worse? Oh my God. Okay. So I'm going to give you the history. Okay. Okay. Let's start at the very beginning. So he was the son of J.R. Brinkley Sr., a man who whose first marriage was annulled because he was underage. And then after he reached adulthood, he married four more times and outlived each <laughs> of his young wives. And I've got in brackets, suspicious. Yeah, a little. No, not throwing yeah. any, not throwing any claims, but suspicious. Uh, now, John is the son to none of those wives, but rather the niece of one of those wives. And the the father had had an affair with the niece of one of his wives who had come to live with them. Ew! Crazy, crazy town. So unfortunately, this mother, uh, she ended up dying when he was five and his father ended up dying when he was 10. So he was basically, you know, near orphaned at a very, very young age. Which would have been very traumatic, the poor thing. So he worked as a telegrapher, but he always dreamed of becoming a doctor, which was not a dream that was far away for this man. And we will see why. So at the age of 21, (laughs) he was already married. just got farther. Just got farther. (laughs) 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 This is not going to be inspirational, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Anybody's dreams can come true if you break some laws. (laughs) <laughs> so at 21 Robin he, Robin <laughs> He uh, married his wife named Sally And they began, uh, began to travel along Posing as Quaker doctors So he left his job as a telegrapher And was like I want to be a doctor His wife was like Okay Why don't we just Let's pretend be to be doctors Quaker doctors <laughs> And 
<laughs> they went traveling about giving rural towns a medicine show and they hawked patent medicine, which for anyone who doesn't know, back in the ye old days, this was like someone spruiking like a, a liquid or a pill or a vitamin like imagine someone trying to tell you that this vitamin would solve all of your issues in all of the world and the doctors don't want to prescribe it so you need to buy it from me it it's yes. that type of behavior and sorry i interrupted you when you said it this was in the 1920s this was uh this was in the 20s and 30s okay. that's pretty okay. recent um because he ended up dying in the 40s it's very it's like uncomfortably recent so within yeah. the last 100 years, this man was gallivanting around. Um, but, you know, selling vitamins or weird supplements that probably won't kill you. Okay, sure. You got to do what you got to do, bud. I do not condone it, but whatever. So this was in 1907. So a little, sorry, a little bit before the 20s. A lot before the 20s. Edit that out. So in 90, <laughs> this was 1907. So Brinkley settled with his wife in Chicago. Lindsay, hey, hey right near you, hey. uh, where they celebrated the birth of a daughter on November 5th. Now, the new father then enrolled in Benchett Medical College, which was an unaccredited, unaccredited school with questionable, questionable curricula focused on eclectic medicine. I never want my doctors to be an eclectic med- medical doctor but whatever. Uh-huh. So he enrolled in it. So he had a child and was like, I want to be a real doctor. So he enrolled in this non-real doctor school. Jesus Christ, there's so many of them. There's so many. So, so many fake doctors. At school. So while he was learning, he was introduced to the study of glandular extract and their effects on the human system, which legitimately in humans, when our glands do things, that's interesting. Things happen, right? You know, that's real science. Uh, but he was determined that this new field would help him move his career forward in new and interesting ways. (laughs) Yeah, definitely interesting. (laughs) So a side note, during his time studying, his wife uh, actually left him with their daughter. So she ran away. She, she left him and was like, I can't, we're over took the daughter he did not like that so then he kidnapped his own daughter and fled to canada there was like a whole thing they couldn't extradite him it was a whole thing so they ended up making a deal him and his wife to bring the daughter back down um and as long as the wife would continue in their rocky marriage everything would be fine no charges would be pressed wait okay i really want to know why they wanted to get a divorce like was she like i only want a fake doctor and now you're too legitimate or was she like or was she like your program is a fake and i don't want to be with a fake doctor like well, i, I want to know i think it was more like we have no money like yeah, we'll do it. no money we're in our eyeballs up to debts like the school's costing a lot of money he's not i don't think he's working a lot during this time so it's like we have a child it's not it's not a good time and this I'm just going to make my fortune in canada Yeah. Well, this kind of escalates because he couldn't afford to finish his unaccredited degree. uh, So he did the next best thing. He bought one from a diploma mill. He should have just done that from the start. I know, right? Like, if you're not going to be a real doctor, 
What, what are we doing, bud? Uh, so this is insane. Diploma mills are a thing, were really a thing back in the day because, you know, 100 years ago, how could someone check where your school was? You could write yeah. for a reference, but you probably employ the person before you ever heard back about a reference. Uh, it's not like you could cross-match to see if somebody had studied where they said they were. So he just bought a diploma and people believed it. So... After all of this time studying at the unaccredited school, earning no money, he was in tons of debt, he had to pay for this new diploma, it was just like a shit show, right? So him and his wife, who now had three children, so while all of this is happening, two more children are born, she was like, look, I can't, and she left him this time for good. Uh, and she took the three children. But Romulus this time wasn't as outraged, didn't try to kidnap the children. Instead, he ran away to South Carolina with a friend and started his first quackery. Oh, good. Who what? A quackery. <laughs> um, his, uh, his doctors, in strong quotation marks, his doctor's practices. So in South Carolina, what they were doing, they set up this little shop, right? And they advertised these $25 shots that were meant to treat syphilis and protect against syphilis. So $25 back in the day is about $700 US now. So a lot of money. That's so much money. Uh, And it wasn't a true shot. He was injecting colored water into the the (gasps) Which is super oh dangerous. Oh my god! How does super he fucking dangerous. sleep at night? Oh, okay, and that. Oh, he's making seven hundred dollars a shot. He's sleeping great. Oh my <laughs> he's god! Sleeping great. Isn't this so? This is bad, right? You're like, well, that's you're lying to people. You're stealing their money. That's not good. So that only lasted a couple months. Also, syphilis is nasty. Syphilis. Like that's like a bad illness. To yeah, have. and people thought they were like being protected slash being cured which is heartbreaking um and it only lasted a couple months in this town because there's only so many people you can shot with a fake serum and they ended up leaving with all of their bills completely unpaid and the local newspaper reported that the duo left about 30 to 40 local merchants unpaid from the goods that they had used and services oh my god so mean so did they all change their names no they just went to a different town and set up again no internet no like you couldn't communicate yeah. and warn people about <laughs> someone as quickly so they just like would set up shop in different places this is my old timey dream job oh my god <laughs> i want to be a quack <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, no, like, I don't want to hurt people and lie to people, but I do just want to keep jumping town and changing names and being new people. So I know you're probably waiting to hear about the goat gland testicle. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, so at this point of reading the article, I'd completely forgotten that that is what drew me in. I was just, like, on the (laughs) ride. I was like, wow, this guy. Uh, and And then we get to it. So he left that town. He had another marriage another divorce along his way of traveling around. He had joined the army reserve. He had a mental breakdown, uh, left the army reserves, and he did a lot more traveling around selling fake shots and fake potions and all, all of the, you know, the quack medicine uh, before he finally sit, uh, settled in Milford, Kansas. He okay. settled down. And at his clinic, he began to perform more operations that he claimed would restore male virility virility fertility virility is that virility a word? yeah virility works yeah malvirility and fertility uh, through implanting the testicular glands of goats into his male patients at the cost of 750 dollars per operation or 
$10,000 in current money. Holy shit. Holy shit. Why, why a goat? I don't know. I legitimately <laughs> don't know why goat. I guess access. Oh, is it because it... Is it because goat's weed is supposed to, like, help men in that sort Or goat... Go, go, what's it called? It's horny goat weed is what you're thinking of. Isn't that a plant? That's what I'm thinking of. It is a plant, but I wonder if that was just, like, already kind of in the public, like, Maybe. you know, knowledge. So people were like, oh, it makes sense to put... A goat. Goat parts also in me. <laughs> Lord knows. Like, maybe. You know, as... As you're telling this story, I'm like, that's the American dream. Like, this man started out with nothing and made himself rich <laughs> with nothing. With nothing. <laughs> that's what they teach us in school. They're like, you can do anything. You can lie to people. If you break a few laws, <laughs> yeah. hurt a few people, you can get anywhere, kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, Just break them. You can inject people with colored water. Oh, my gosh. I'd rather take the colored water than a goat gland. Um, it's crazy. So following one yeah. of his very crude operations, the body of the patient would typically just absorb the goat tissue as foreign matter and like encase it. it in like it, the body would try absorb it. And like, imagine if you ever get a, like a piece of metal or a, like a splinter in your skin, like really deep yeah. in your skin and your body tries to protect you by putting like encasing it with different tissue and then trying to push it out of your body because it doesn't want yeah. to be there it's foreign this is kind of a similar thing so your body was trying to just like protect itself against it it wasn't doing anything Oof. obviously it was just sticking a gland where the testicles once were lord knows oh i can't even imagine it's just Okay, so not only was he doing this for testicles, he would also uh, place them in the abdomen of women near the ovaries to try and uh, either replace or invigorate ovarian. Oh my God. So this was just like meant to be the like catch-all organ. Like Pretty much. whatever organ. <laughs> Stick it in. Right. Whatever sexual whatever organ is organ. failing you. Yeah. Just Stick put a goat in. gland there. Pretty much, yeah. So he was doing, like, heaps of these surgeries. And unsurprisingly, people died because he had lack of medical knowledge. He was not a medical doctor. Imagine, like, performing surgery. Oh, I forgot. On an abdomen. Like, really delicate. Sepsis is a thing. Blood poisoning's a thing. He had poor cleanliness because he was never taught cleanliness because oh he's not a God. doctor. Um, and so he was sued more than a dozen times in a decade period for wrong for deaths from his clinic i bet i totally forgot the part about him not being a legit doctor means he can't do surgery surgery (laughs) yeah so he's just like making it up as he goes pretty much oh my god imagine believing in yourself that hard that is the confidence of a young american male (laughs) sarah i only heard every other word but i agree I don't, I don't like know why this, the mic cut out, but I think you're right. <laughs> this gives me like a Musk bro confidence level vibes, yeah, which I, I do not love. It's that kind of confidence level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So he continued operating though, even after people were dying and he was signing. He kept death. going. Oh, he kept going. Yeah. He's making a mint. He ain't quitting. So this thing, so for his 
promoting, uh, he started promoting, like doing actual marketing campaigns about these goat glands. And he promoted it as a cure for 27 different ailments, everything from dementia to flatulence to infertility. (laughs) Why did people think those were connected? (laughs) Why is dementia linked to flatulence? Lord knows. I don't know. Who's to say? Um, So my next line is like, I literally cannot fit the rest of his life into my segment because it is just like, there's so much that happens. It is like, it is truly wild and crazy and some parts unbelievable. Um, But, but if you want to learn more, please go and read his article, John Romulus Brinkley on Wikipedia. But I thought I'd try encapsulate the rest of his life in like a couple sentence thing. So here we go. Okay. He became a massive success at one point, even having Hollywood stars come and see him to get this goat gland procedure. And with this new fame, he started a radio station and a a couple radio station different series. But in the background, the medical board had actually reviewed his practices and completely revoked his license, which I don't think was a legitimate license. So they were just like, you cannot practice medicine in these states. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, they did take his license. And six months later, his license to broadcast was also revoked because of the stuff he was spreading on the radio. (gasps) Bye-bye goat's glands and radio deals. But that didn't stop him there. He ran and lost for governor twice. He ran for governor twice and lost. He was then sued for millions of dollars in fraud and a heap of other suits, but died from heart failure while missing his two legs in 1942 because uh, before the large court case of mail fraud against him could even be seen in court. The end. Whoa. So does that mean he never really lived to see his consequences? Yeah. Well, I mean, he did lose two legs from poor circulation. Some might say that's karma. He hmm. really should have put, he should have done his own procedure on himself. Maybe he put could have saved his legs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think he lived to see his consequences. Mm-mm, not at all. Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? And that, he died that, in 1942. That, yeah, like I was about to say, like that is too close for comfort to yeah. modern times. Yeah, totally. Oh, but And oh, sorry, I forgot. I've got some pictures for the Discord I'm sending you. So this is what he looks like, and this is one of his ads for goat gland babies. Oh, he looks like oh, a freak. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I don't. I get ba- massively bad vibes off bad of this juju. guy. It might be his haircut. It could be the goatee. Or his weird face. Or the Harry Potter glasses. <laughs> I like that the child he's holding, his name is Billy, but in quotes. Like, why is why is the baby <laughs> Billy? Billy, Billy goat. Billy goat? Is that what it means? Billy oh, goat. Oh, Billy goat. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, so he put goat glands in a baby? You didn't mention that. Oh, no, no. He Apparently, this baby was conceived from goat glands. What? Right, Drew. Apparently. Yuck! Yeah, no. It didn't, but yeah. Oh my God, this guy, I want to put him in jail again. I know, right? <laughs> like, isn't that, oh, his haircut man. gives me the creeps. I do not like it. Yeah, that guy is bad vibes. If he showed up at my house and tried to like sell me testicles, I would be upset. <laughs> no way. I think I'd be so upset with anyone. Anyone coming to my house and <laughs> trying to sell me testicles. Looking like that, I'd be like, I'm going to burn my own house down before you can because you look like you're going to burn my house down. (laughs) Uh, Isn't that 
crazy though. Like that the amount of stuff he got away with. Mm. Just yeah, and, like, all of the wrongful deaths. Like the random. So many people had died under his care. Like shocking. And he just kept going. His care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his care. Yeah. Yeah. Quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening to my topic. That was fucked, Sarah. That was what a man. You were right. That was shocking. That was absolutely shocking. Thank you. I aim to please. It's always amazing to see how many different ways people do life. Like we're all given this life to live and he chose to live his that way. (laughs) (laughs) Choices were made. So yeah, this week I ended up on Crime Light or ALS. um, And I was wondering what you guys thought ALS or Crime Light actually is. Is it light in an area meant to deter crime from happening? That would be super fucking cool. <laughs> that would be super <laughs> cool, but it's not. Okay. And it's spelled crime as in like... It's Yeah, it's spelled like crime. C-R-I-M-E. <laughs> what other crime is there? No. I was going to say a light to deter crime, just yeah. like Lindsay. I'm like, yeah, or... or. A light, uh, like lighting for crime scenes. Oh, you are so, so oh. close. Ooh. So, um, you are very, okay. very close. Um, so this is actually my first forensics topic, which is kind of weird because I like forensics a little bit. Uh, um, because but... you're a forensic scientist. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like how Lindsay and I never, never yeah. cover astronomy stuff. But you've covered um, planetary protection. Oh, I did too. Oh, yeah. We sprinkle in our day jobs every now and again. <laughs> but of course, I accidentally picked the fucking most boring topic, which is crime light or ALS, because that's fucking really boring. Because ALS stands for us. alternative light sources. Um, where basically these sources are extremely useful when it comes to finding evidence. Oh my god, this is like blue light and luminol. Oh my god, we're talking about that. Yes! (laughs) This is not boring, this is fascinating. So I don't know any of this. You don't know any of this? It's great. Um, So what I consider very interesting about crime scenes is that crime scenes don't necessarily have to make sense. And what I mean by that is that there's a whole manner of things that could be important at a crime scene, but Mm -hmm. it's up to the investigator to figure out what's important and what's not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's not like, you know, it's it's like this stain over here. Is that important? Is it not? You know, it could have been, you know, blood stain from months ago. It could have been a blood stain from, you know, today. You know, you have to really figure out what, you know, what's important and what's not. And ALS becomes extremely important to that because, you know, with the right light sources and the right filters, you're able to basically highlight evidence it's almost like a fucking video game where it's like you you get this this the right light and the right filter on it and bam your light like everything just glows and it's just like holy shit that's that's our source you know that's that's what we yeah. want to look at and so it's super nuts because it's just like it literally highlights things that you you know you wouldn't be able to see with your naked eye and that's super important mm-hmm. to to find at crime scenes because you know at a crime scene you're never you're never sure exactly what's mm-hmm. important so imagine how many crime scenes throughout history could have benefited from what we from can a crime do today, light? right? Um, a lot. I would say a, a, a ton. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like a ton. That's a great question. I mean, how many crime scenes can benefit from it now? Like, you know, there's That's there's true. like still still stuff that doesn't get processed. Like, there's a lot of stuff. So. And is that under the prerogative of the investigator? So do they say, I need this, I need that? Or is that the forensics team that comes in? And says, I need to do this and that. Or is it a little bit of both, depending on where It's kind of a little bit of both. It's mostly the forensics team coming in and being like, this is probative. This is non-probative. You know, it's it's a lot of sampling things that just, you know, 
may be important, but mm. you know, you have to be able to justify it in court because it has to make sense. You know, you yeah. can't just be like, well, we found this blood stain. It's like, well, where'd that blood stain come from? Why is it there? You know, yeah. you have to justify it. It's not just like you, you just finding a blood stain doesn't mean anything. Cause like in a house, you know, you can cut yourself and then, you know, like all oh, the mm. blood stain over there. Like, what does that mean? There's is that been important? a couple of, so. of convictions that were overturned because the, they had DNA evidence that they then could prove yeah. from the protein breakdown that it wasn't, it like was old cuts or old, old body fluids. But at the time it looked very incriminating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's... that's my biggest fear. And we're just Never shedding DNA that. everywhere we go right now. Yes. Just yeah, yeah. dangling it. No, actually I, I don't shed. I'm a terrible shedder. Oh, you're so, not a secretion, That's another right? story. That's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah. Drew can commit crimes. That's not true. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Wink, wink. No, he doesn't commit crimes. He's a good boy. Let's get back to fucking Crime Light. What, what exactly is Crime Light? So um, Crime Light is a super cool piece of technology because how it used to be is you used to have a whole bunch of different flashlights and a whole bunch of different things that would just be like, you know, you had like a, a xenon arc light or like a, a laser light that you would use to like have different wavelengths and then be able to look that through that through a filter and you'd be able to find, you know, different pieces of evidence that way. But the crime light basically takes all of that and combines it into one specific object. So it's one piece of technology that, you know, has all these different light sources and all these different things. And it actually uses LED mm -hmm. technology to produce these different, these different wavelengths and LEDs have greater lifespan and are much more durable than, than what was previously on the market. So it's, that's so smart. Yeah, it's it's it lets you select a wavelength and then use the light and be like, oh, okay, now I can see this. And you know, with this very specific filter, you're able to kind of see, have things highlighted through through the filter. And I keep using the term filter, and I feel like I should explain it a little better. Um, so a filter typically is, comes in the form of goggles or like this little plastic square that you have that you literally just like hold in front of your face and be like, oh, look at that. It's, it looks a little stupid, but the goggles look way better. <laughs> and it, and it blocks, out, blocks out light, right? Like it will only let through a certain wavelength yes, for, yeah, for your eyes. That's exactly see. it. It filters out specific wavelengths of light. This is what we do in astronomy. Yeah, you know, you know your forensics. Uh, the, typically the most common light combo is blue light and orange filter. And that's mostly for bodily fluids. And I say this is, of course, coming from the perspective of a forensic biologist. So, you know, take that statement with a grain of salt that it's the most important. But to me, it's the most important. Um, looking for bodily fluids Check on a crime scene is most important. I'm biased. I'm very biased. Drew likes his bodily fluids. I'm DNA gang all the way. Come on, baby. <laughs> I think I would agree with you, though, because that is like it's so important, yeah. right? Because it's something you can directly tie to a person some say that dna is the gold standard of forensics and that's i tend to agree with that but you know i'm uh, you know in in a lot of places those are fighting words for the forensics community well at least it's like scientifically valid rather than like ballistics evidence for example like that is not controlled it's not standardized it's not peer-reviewed like it's all it's very hand well not hand wavy but it's very like it's expertise kind of. yeah and it's expertise oriented where you have to be like a perfect expert in it and like it's it's passed down i, I don't know if that's yeah word. but they can't they can't even but they can't can like it's not like you can give the same bullets to like five different teams and get exactly yeah, the same results, results. this yeah. is they're not allowed in most in a lot of court cases now is like solid evidence to say that it definitively matches a certain yeah. gun or a certain shell because they just can't like you they couldn't can't. train a computer to say yes or no mm -hmm. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's just like hair analysis. Hair analysis used to be mm. huge, but uh, it's like completely out of favor now because it's it has no scientific backing, and so they yeah. like completely don't use it. So it's 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 super cool. The forensics world is like ever evolving, and so that's that's what I really like about it. I don't know, it's cool. It sounds like and, it's like as close as you can get to like an objective truth, while the others are a bit more subjective. Mm. Um. Once again, those are fighting words in the forensic community, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Sorry, forensics. Sorry, forensics. <laughs> those are fighting words. I will just say that it has a lot of scientific backing behind it, and it has a lot of like allele frequencies and things like that that are well-studied and well-documented, well so it, it does mm. have a lot of science behind it, which is super cool, which is why, I like, which is why I'm, I'm a big fan. But then there's a lot of chemistry. Like, uh, like forensic chemistry has a lot, of, a lot of research behind it, so it's, it's not just like biology is the best thing in the world. It's like how to describe it. If there's like proper instrumentation behind it and proper research behind it, they're all valuable to me at least. Um, but funny enough, that was kind of the end of the wiki article. So instead of just kind of ending there, I wanted to look at one of my favorite aspects of forensics. Cause I was like, oh, you know what? I'm on a forensics tangent. Let's go on a fucking forensics tangent. So yeah. I wanted to talk about, um, my secret love, my secret love for forensic serology. So forensic serology is basically uh, used to detect, identify, and classify different types of bodily fluids, such as blood, semen, saliva, and urine, and then help define their relationship to a crime scene. So basically, this is like the, the people who are using luminol. These are the people who are using different sorts of techniques to find blood and say, you know, this is actually blood, and this is probative information towards the crime scene. So that's, that's what I love serology for. It's, it's super cool. And this can also involve blood stain analysis, which is another really, really interesting aspect of serology. I'm thinking Dexter. Basically, serological testing begins with presumptive testing, which they tend to be more sensitive, but less specific to the, to the specific bodily fluid you're looking for. And so they say, basically, when you test with presumptive testing, you're saying, oh, is it is something here? And then confirmatory testing, which is the second part, which is done to say this thing is actually blood or this thing is actually semen, you know. You're saying that it actually is that thing, but it's a little less sensitive. So you're not going to detect like one one hundredth of a drop of blood. You're going to, you know, be able to detect a certain amount. You know, you, you have a balance between the two of them where, you know, one is super sensitive and one is super specific. So it's good to have both. That's kind of the whole point of, of serological testing is, is you have those two, those two different points, which is super cool. I love it. What I wanted to get into next are a few of the actual tests that are used for, um, so for blood detection, there's the, uh, the Castle Myers testing or the phenolphthalein test, which I'm not sure if Sarah's probably heard of this, um, but there's also the combined phenolphthalein tetramethylbenzidine test, which, or the PTMB test for short, which these are all presumptive tests for blood. And then you, of course, have luminol, which I'm sure... Are they I'm looking sure for proteins? You're not actually looking for proteins. You're looking for... Um, oh, my God. I'm failing my forensics right now. Uh, you're looking for enzym enzymatic activity of blood. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. So these, these react with enzymatic activity of blood. Does that mean the blood has to be a certain age? No, no. Um, it's still reactive, even if it's old. Oh, that's cool. And so uh, the, the other thing that gets used often is luminol, not used often, I will say, uh, but gets used often in crime shows, I should say, um, is luminol because it glows. It super glows hardcore. So do you have to like spray a room with that? Yeah, you, spray, you, you darken the room and then you spray it with all luminol and then you hit it with a uh, alternative light source and bam, it glows. Wait, no, you don't hit ALS. I think it just glows naturally. Yeah, it just glows naturally. What am I thinking? Um, so it's like in the movies when you like... When people will use like a like a UV light in a hotel room, 
or something yes. like that. And then you see all the gross stuff. Yeah, that's ALS. That's what this is. Yes. But you have to spray it with Luminol before it does that? No, no. Um, ALS works just just like purely based off of the the characteristics of the um like the stain itself luminol is actually will glow by itself okay okay i see what you're saying i was gonna ask if you guys have ever tried that yes i have yeah 100 percent. along those terms i was gonna ask did you guys have the covid testing kits that came with the uv light no because you had to use the uv light to check the strip it must be one of the australian or, or uh, like Australasia brands, but they were a pain in the butt. You had to use a UV light and it came with one, which was fine. Um, but one night when I was just really sick, could not sleep, was waiting for the COVID result. I was just shining the UV light around the room. And oh no. Oh my God. So nothing bad, but it was, so Lucy, our beautiful greyhound had cut her tail months and months prior. And when she cut it, she had been wagging it and was like spraying blood all up our walls. Like we had to do a deep clean of our apartment and our carpet because there was little blood droplets everywhere. And so on the carpet, I'd used a special carpet cleaner that obviously had something like fluorescent or something in it. And when I used the UV light, all you could see was everywhere there was a blood drop. And I'm like, it looks like a crime scene in here. Oh my God. And up the wall, you could see like where I'd cleaned off the blood smears. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like if the police ever came in here, they would be like, what is happening? Oh my God. (laughs) It was bad. I tried it. I tried it in my apartment when I first moved in and I didn't see anything. And I was like, come on, this is Chicago. <laughs> Have you you've done it, Drew? Yes, I've done I've done all of these tests. Uh, done PTMB, uh, phenolphthalein, all these. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's what you do in grad school. You fucking you're like, oh, little swab. Oh, look at this. Ooh. You <laughs> went to grad school? school? Yeah, for this. What? <laughs> I love that Lindsay's known you for so long, and it's like, huh? You educated? Wait, what? <laughs> I missed you being in grad school. Sorry. Congratulations, Drew, on graduating grad school. <laughs> I didn't know that. What did you do? Did you do a master's or a... Yeah, yes. Oh, my God. Congrats, Drew. When was that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> How long ago was that? This was years ago. It was before I went to my job. <laughs> oh, my did you not God. Know? You know what's... No, what's even funnier is that Drew and I have played D&D with each other like ever since undergrad. Like there was no gap in our friendship where we stopped talking. (laughs) We have consistently been in touch and I still, wow, I'm so proud of you. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I went, I went for this. I went for forensics and molecular biology. That's why I know so much. I thought you just did that. Yeah, I thought you did it with your undergrad degree because you also did that in undergrad. No, I did only, I did biochem in my undergrad. Oh, they're completely different. <laughs> oh my wow, god! Wow, I need to be in the apology corner. I'm a, I'm such a bad friend. <laughs> Wait, you you're getting a PhD? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I knew that Drew had a master's because I'm pretty sure we've talked about forensic stuff before. Yeah. I just thought that was his undergrad like focus. Like I didn't know that no, it was a separate no, degree. No, separate degree. To be fair, I didn't know what any of my friends majored in in undergrad. Our whole friend group, I could not tell you what anyone majored in. I have no idea. No. Well, I'm uh, here for I'm here for the laughs. I'm here for the I'm here to have a good time. Not here to talk business. <laughs> 90 we're hitting that 90%. We might be hitting 80% right now. What 
God, I, we're off the rails right now. <laughs> what I was going to say is that I have actually done all these tests. Um, in, I, I was actually about to say in graduate school, what one of the big things was that was highlighted is that these all tend to cross, um, like cross react with a lot of things. A lot of the presumptive mm -hmm. tests tend to cross react, like um, luminol reacts really, really well with bleach and it makes it look like, mm -hmm. you know, it could be someone bled a ton on the ground or just they spilled bleach. So, you yeah. know, you have to be very careful as to what you're actually looking at um, at a crime scene it, versus, you know, it could, it could have just been a bleach spill. Whoops. Can it also destroy or alter samples? So, like, if that? you do a presumptive test on something, say you have, like, a tiny little bit of something that could be blood or semen or something important. If you yeah. do a presumptive test, can you then alter or destroy the sample you can so you can also um you can not dissolve you can um dilute you can dilute the sample dilute. which is a huge problem so a lot of these a lot of these tests don't get some of them don't get run um a lot of the times because they do consume the sample especially um there's one the takiyama crystal assay which is a, a confirmatory test for blood doesn't get run often because it consumes all the blood and actually makes blood crystals which are super cool looking you can't wow. use them for dna then right it consumes the dna because you literally like heat it up so much that it like it it breaks it down so you can't you basically have to look at your throughput as what's important here is is getting the dna analysis important or is getting the presumptive confirmatory test important and so that's why a lot of them uh, a lot of the tests have turned to uh, uh, immunochromatic assays or, or uh, immunochromatographic tests, which are like the little squares that you get for COVID testing. Those are immunochromatographic tests. They use, uh, in, in, like it's an immunoassay. And so you're basically putting in a little water. I don't think we have them in And ours. then it goes up it, it like it travels up it. And that's like chromatography paper. Like the PCR test? Yeah, no, 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 no. Like the, the regular tests that you get, those little squares. Those are immunochromatographic tests. Oh, rat tests. And you mix you mix your, your snot with, with a medium and then you put it in? You know, the ones that, the, the COVID tests that you do at home. Rats. We that's have rapid antigens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the same thing? Well, that's that's an immunochromatographic test. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you said, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sarah was saying, like, it's like the paper that it, like, goes up. Basically, there's a bunch of tests for a bunch of different liquids. It's great. There's the PSA, uh, there's the, oh, sorry, the acid phosphatase test for semen, the PSA P30, that's a confirmatory test for semen, which is PSA stands for prostate specific antigen, which is another immunochromatographic assay. There's saliva, um, which is the FADIBOS test, uh, which is another presumptive test, but there are no confirmatory tests for saliva, which kind of sucks, but um, basically amylase, which is what it targets, um, can be found in other bodily fluids, so you can't confirm it. So basically, when you get saliva, you just kind of send it to DNA, and that's fucking it. You're just like, oh, send it to DNA, it's saliva. And then urine detection is typically done through ALS. Um, there are no confirmatory tests for that, of course, because it's an ALS. So it's, uh, yeah, there's just a ton of different things for different bodily fluids out there that um, they kind of have a lot of sensitivity to them. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of the blood tests can be down to like one one hundredth of a drop of blood. So it's, it's pretty low, but wow. um, yeah, it's, it's pretty freaking low, but the, but the confirmatory tests are so, are not sensitive. So you, sometimes you, you get a positive on your like presumptive test and then don't get a positive on your confirmatory. It's a real problem. But anyway, that's all forensics nonsense, by the way. Um, but the last big it. thing that's being actively researched in serology is microRNAs. And these are small non-coding single standard RNA, single stranded RNAs that are used to regulate gene expression. And so the idea behind it is if they have a regulatory role, which they do, 
different microRNAs will be present in different bodily fluids throughout the body. So if you're able to find different levels of microRNAs throughout the body or like in a specific bodily fluid, you're able to identify that fluid based off of the microRNAs that are there. So like looking for a specific semen microRNA and you see that you're going to like, oh, this bodily fluid semen. So that's kind of the whole idea behind it is using microRNAs to, to depict what, um, what certain bodily fluids are. And this is like a super cool technology, but it's definitely being researched actively right now, but it's not quite out there yet. So that's super cool. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, this was just kind of a little <laughs> talk about forensics. I just wanted to, to fucking gush about one of my favorite types of forensics. I know it's not like super hard science, but um, it's definitely super cool. And, you know, I, uh, I've done all these tests and worked with all these different chemicals. And it's, it's, it's definitely a, a very interesting you know, thing to do. So I honestly just want to talk about forensics for a little bit. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we loved it. Just saying we loved it. We loved your passion, Drew. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Um, and, you know. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that it's all one instrument that, like, you can look through, like, goggles or something and have just, like, a total, like, superhero view of, like, oh, the, for crime the crime light? scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the crime light. Just yeah, kind of absolutely. see everything completely evidence-based. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be like switching. To, I mean, you'd have to switch your goggles out a little bit because if you want to filter for different things, you'd be like, oh, I want my green goggles on or my yellow goggles. Um, but you well, know, it's, you basically... it's funny. It, it's funny to me because actually like what you do in practice is an analogy that I use a lot in our field, my and Sarah's field. Mm. And I'm sure Sarah does it too, where we talk about looking at the universe through yeah. different goggles and different eyes because at different wavelengths, you see completely different phenomena in yeah. space. Yeah. And it's also very funny because, you know, my specific sub genre of astronomy is supernovae which are dying stars and i constantly call it stellar forensics yeah. so in a lot of ways <laughs> i very yeah. literally do what you do but in space so it's just yeah. really cool to me that you you have this you know like i imagine like walking into like a you know beat up hotel room and it's like what happened here and then i put on one set of goggles and i'm like there's all the blood maybe yeah. and then i put on another <laughs> goggles and i'm like maybe that's spit no one knows next. no one knows <laughs> next that's like what you do with supernova you're like are there x-rays nope nope are there <laughs> are there radio waves maybe in 40 days <laughs> can you see the hydrogen is there red yeah, yeah is there hydrogen Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we got hydrogen. <laughs> Loads of that. Take those glasses off. <laughs> Take those glasses off. There's too much of it. Can't see anything. <laughs> but um, That's yeah. so good. I love that yeah. you're like a stellar mortician. And I call myself, my university has started, yeah, my university has started calling me cosmic detective in like when they describe what I do for the Superstars program. And I think of Lindsay every time I hear the word cosmic detective. Because I'm like, we oh are. <laughs> we are oh detecting the, the, the universe. That's exactly what we're doing. So in business, I have posted uh, two pictures. One is okay. saliva, semen, and urine under ALS. And, and then the other. Yeah. This is what I do. <laughs> this is like my life. So. <laughs> and the other one is blood. Blood under ALS. Oh, yeah, the blood is wow. very obvious. So have you been to crime scenes, Drew? No, not particularly. Um, not specifically. He just makes them. I just make them, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, crime scene investigation. Yeah, I imagine it would be confronting. Well, it, it's, it's not so much confronting because I did a lot of forensic um, 
uh, pathology. And so I got to see a lot of crime scenes that way and got to see a few autopsies that way. But um, so like the, the whole blood and guts part of it doesn't bother me. It was just like, I don't know, being in a crime scene is like, I don't know, there's so much pressure on like not fucking up the crime scene. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I, I sneezed and I blew some hairs out of the way. And now now the whole crime scene's fucked. Like, you know, there's, there's so much pressure on that that I just didn't really want to do that. And getting called at two in the morning to be like, come to a crime scene doesn't sound like a great idea or like great life to me. So yeah, I, I, I uh, definitely admire the people who do it, but definitely don't want to do it myself. That's fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's... That's fucking, that's uh, ALS, I don't know, crime, crime, what did I say? Crime light, ALS, and serology all in a fucking nutshell. So there you go. I'm yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> we loved it. Now I'm going to be scared when I go to bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a fucking crime light? It's going to come Talk about crimes. <laughs> no one listened to the spooky podcast before you go to bed. I realized we did not shout out our new patron. We forgot to do that. Doesn't Drew give smoochie? Yes. So before we get into Lindsay's uh, good old segment, I want to uh, shout out our new Patreon, Kent W., and say thank you so much for being a Patreon. We absolutely yeah! love you. And we're so happy that you're here with us. And we're so proud of you for coming in and being being great. So I'm going to give you a big old smoochie because you deserve it. Um, there you go. Now on to Lindsay's segment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready to learn all about Simlish? Sure. Yeah. I have and no why idea I've asked... what that is. <laughs> and I have also asked our lovely contestants to arrive with their very own D6s because we're going to, of course, play a little interactive game in a moment. Okay. Okay. So my story picks up pretty much where Drew's left off, a.k.a. a little depressing, a little scary. <laughs> Crime. Crime. In the early 90s, a man named Will Wright, uh, his house burned down, actually, completely burned down. And everybody was okay, so don't worry. Just like Drew's segment, like, kind of cool, kind of sad. Crime. That's what yeah. this, well, this is just house burning down. Okay. So anyway, Will Wright's house burned down, sorry. Uh, and Will Wright already had quite a penchant for architecture he had you know a lot of his own background was in architecture and had a lot of interest and he was rebuilding his life with his family and he was faced with the same kind of decisions we all are I think us particularly it's very fresh in our mind when you move into an apartment and you're like fuck I need everything Sarah I just saw your face light up you know what's coming <laughs> You remember shit like, oh man, there's no salt and pepper. I need to fucking buy salt and pepper. Or you do what I did when I first moved in is you move in and you're like, I never bought toilet paper. Fuck. <laughs> or, you know, other little things like, I got to get a real mattress because sleeping on the couch fucking sucks. Or again, if you're me, sleeping on a pile of sweatshirts really fucking sucks. And I don't want to do that for two weeks. So he started to rebuild his life. And was thinking about the personal aspects of shopping and the grand scheme of things. And Will Wright already had a lot of this perspective in his mind because he was the creator of Sim City. And Will Wright was about oh to invent the Sims. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. I knew I knew that name. So. He started to design a game that would recreate this experience of choosing where you want to live. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want your house to look like? What do you want to fill it with? And making it a 
a game. Oh, it's so good. And like I said, he already had some experience with this with SimCity. And I actually learned that behind the scenes, they called this new game Dollhouse, which I guess kind of makes sense. That does But they didn't want it to... (laughs) But, you know... I don't know about you guys, but I like murdered all my sims. <laughs> like, oh my God, me too. Yes. I had a graveyard. <laughs> yeah, you got it. There's ghosts. Like you gotta make. You a got graveyard. it. The Grim Reaper comes and has a chat to you. It's great. It's awesome. It is the. It is clearly one of the best games that's ever existed. I. Hands I down. never get tired of the Sims. I'm glad Gene isn't here because every single time he streams, Twitch.tv slash Schwancy. I end up trolling his chat saying Sims 4, Sims 4, play Sims 4, play Sims 4 when he goes stream Sims 4. And, he, and he'll just stop what he's doing and be like, Lindsay, I'm not fucking playing Sims 4 on stream. Which maybe we can all pressure him. Bullying works. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that was a joke. So Will, Will Wright and his team start to develop Dollhouse. And at this point, in the, now we're like getting towards the late 90s, they've got like the mechanics down and the animations down. But at this point, they were just like wire mesh sort of people. And the time came to do the voices. And we all know Simlish, which is... Yes. What? The Sim speak. <laughs> the Sim speak. But how that actually came about is my topic because it's quite an interesting story. So Will's original vision was the people who are workshopping their lives are going to have to redo the same little aspects over and over again. Like how long did it take you to pick out your Sims outfits or, you know, their bone structure? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, for like it takes, you need a lot of details. Because I'm indecisive in real life. So then put me in a computer game. My God. I, hell. Right, like making your dream life. Oh, it's it, so hard. It takes a lot of fine-tuning. So Will Wright didn't want a recognizable language because he didn't want it to be repetitive. Like if you put a shirt on a person and they just said, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Over and over again, like <laughs> you would get kind of sick yeah, <laughs> like, of the game. Would. So he didn't want a recognizable language, but he was really fascinated by code breakers from World War II. So if you don't know... Um, the Enigma machine. What's the Enigma machine? It was one of the code breaking machines in World War II. This may be very similar. Okay. I don't know if they, that was decoding languages. So in World War II, a lot of American soldiers actually learned Navajo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's the same thing, Sarah. No, no it's, it's very different, different. But Okay, okay. Well, so Will Wright was really inspired by the fact that so few people knew Navajo, which is, you know, sad in its own way, but so few people knew Navajo that it was like a code that American soldiers could use. Mm. So at first he was looking into using Navajo for Simlish, actually, that for, to be the language. And according to the articles I read, there weren't enough voice actors who spoke Navajo for that to actually be a reality, wow. which is also kind of sad. That is sad. Yeah. So they also looked into using Ukrainian. Estonian, Swahili, and Cherokee. And the original, like, scripts, I guess, what happened was they brought the voice actors into a room, showed them these wire mesh animations of their characters, and wrote out phonetically what a mix of these languages would sound like and ask the people to speak them. But what ended up happening was that the people didn't feel like they were doing the pronunciations right. So they actually just got really frustrated and you could hear their disappointment in their voices. And it just wasn't coming across well. Oh, sorry. 
I jumped the gun before this voice actor came in, before everyone gave up. Sorry, shit. Um, that was not a good transition. They also tried instruments, which I thought was really weird. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know if, you, if you've ever played, like, Don't Starve. The characters kind oh, yeah. of speak as their own instruments. Like, there's, like, a girl who's a flute and there's a boy who's, like, a... <laughs> Anyway, they also tried that, which I thought was really weird. And um, they called that like a spectacular failure, which is probably why I skipped <laughs> over it just now in my <laughs> my own retelling of the story it was bad. So sorry, this voice actor comes in and he's like, hey, I've got this kind of crazy idea. I do like stand up improv and we play this game called Foreign Poet, where we recite a poem in utter gibberish, but we put all of the emotion and feeling into it and the audience finds it really funny can i try that and they all were like sure we've got nothing to lose that was the birth of simlish oh my god the whole studio loved it and they were like do you have a female counterpart can she come in here and so i don't know if you know the original goths family yes my favorites of course, like your first neighbors, that man and woman. What is it? Is it Bella and Bella? No. I think it is Bella. It, Mortimer is the other. Yeah. I don't remember. And you should like know a this. Mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are the original voice actors. In fact, the two voice actors did all of the voices up until 2006. Wow. Uh, but what I wanted to do with you guys is reenact the way that they still do sim voices to this day, which is that they watch an animation and they are told the number of syllables and um, the emotion that they need to make the phrase. I don't have any animations, but I did write down some gibberish phrases for you. And we're each going to roll a D6 and I'm going to tell you what emotion you have to say your phrase with. Okay. okay. So everybody roll your D6. Ooh, that's a one, baby. Okay. So I wrote down your phrase, because I'm not good at making up gibberish on the spot. Um, I tried. I'm very bad at it. So I wrote down real sim phrases. Sarah got a six. Drew got a one. So Drew, if you mm-hmm. go over to Bibness, mm-hmm. I want you to say your phrase in an angry voice, please. <laughs> hey, you're kabobo. <laughs> Sounds like an alien. <laughs> And Sarah, I would like you to say your phrase in a joyous voice. Blush my gift for shoob. <laughs> and I rolled a two, so I'm going to say mine in an exasperated voice. Kotikaloo. <laughs> it's so good. So that is, that actually is the way that um, some, that all of the voice acting happens except Sometimes they bring in celebrity voice actors. So some of the new Sims games have actually had stars like Katy Perry, Depeche no Mode, way. the Black Eyed Peas, all cover their own song. Even Arcade Fire covers their own songs in Simlish versions. And some of the stars actually... So good. <laughs> there is this viral... I don't know if it's actually viral, but it was in like every article I read. There's a video recording of Katy Perry singing Last Friday Night in Simlish. And it got stuck in my head so hard. Like, please look it up. It was so funny. <laughs> Daniel was like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'm singing it at the cast. Wow. It's so oh good. Oh, my God. Uh, but actually, another kind of like Easter egg that I thought was really cool is that some celebrities were not good at making up uh, this sort of like improv gibberish on the spot, just like I'm not 
So Drew Carey, for example, he had like a guest star kind of role in The Sims. And he actually snuck in some shout outs to his friends by weaving their last names into their gibberish. So somewhere in there, he is doing like a nod at his friends in his um, in his few lines that he has. But yeah, that's that's the way it's done. It's the way it's been done since the late 90s. And now whenever you hear Simlish and you're wondering about any direct sort of translations, know that there are none. There are none. Wow. It is all made up on the spot, other than a couple agreed upon words like susu means hello or goodbye. Um, but that's really that's really it. And I what really got me hooked on this was the writing in The Sims. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but The Sims actually tries to use as little writing as possible yeah. in the game. Mm-hmm. So stop signs, for example, are replaced with just a hand or things like that. Um, so all of this has been a purposefully crafted experience to make it more immersive for the player um, Mm -hmm. all the way down to the gibberish that you hear and i'll leave you with one final thought a linguist commented in an article that i was reading that simlish is actually closer to baby talk than it is to english wow it's like wow goo goo ga ga it's like yeah. the, the babbling. Because the, have you seen like little babies, like when they're about one and they start like chatting to you with their babbles? It's yeah, so, they, like they're they, having a full conversation. Like, and you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I share yeah, development <laughs> going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's what the baby thinks you're doing too. You're like, yeah. we're just making sounds. We're just making sounds together. Come on. That was so good. I really want to go play The Sims now. Oh, man. Yeah. Like a totally deeper appreciation. And to me, like, I never really thought about the ways that the tone really matches The Sims body language as well Mm -hmm. as it does. Some of the phrases just really stick with me. And I think it's like really a testament to the voice actor's talent that they watch those body motions and and match them. It's very clear that Mm -hmm. that came in that order. You know, our, our mutual friend Kevin knows all simlish he like can reproduce it perfectly so i'm gonna really? give him a call and just be like hey kevin can you i'll record it until <laughs> kevin can you do simlish for me see what he does <laughs> you little bonus content kevin bonus speaking con- in simlish kevin speaking in, oh my god he's so good at it <laughs> yeah that is my my little uh simlish 101 i can't simlish believe i didn't I recognize it. it just from the word at the beginning simlish i should have known yeah i didn't even think about should it should have known so no good. yeah i had landed on like list of fictional languages and i was like, then yeah. i saw oh. it on the list and i was like oh shit oh. <laughs> amazing this is a great episode this had yeah. some great i mean i love every episode obviously but this is chaotic like we had crackery we had crime scenes we had sims all in one yeah. wow this is the spirit of go ask Alice. <laughs> it really is <laughs> thanks as always for hanging out with us guys we all agree three out of three this was peak go ask alice this is this is our brand this is what it's all about if you're listening for the first time um this is us if you're listening for the second time <laughs> come hang out with us anywhere that you get your social media we are on twitter go ask alice pod we are on instagram go ask alice podcast if you love videos that also teach you something and are just really fun and interesting you can go to sarah web science on tiktok 
and Jean's uh, Twitch that I plugged earlier is twitch.tv slash but all of these links are below in the app. Fuck. <laughs> Cast for Kiki too. As always, thank you so much for listening and we love Muggle Watcher. Yeah, we love Muggle Watcher. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ba-da-ba-da-ba, horny goat weed in my ass. Oh, fuck, I forgot we're recording. <laughs> Whoops.